This episode of Echoes in the Bones is brought to you by the Institute of Cultural Policy and Innovation, ICPI. ICPI, providing services in business development and coaching. ICPI, leaders in online training in event planning and intellectual property. Visit our website today at www.icpi-ja.com. Welcome to another episode of Echoes in the Bones. And this episode, we have Stan Smith. Stan Smith is a journalist, radio broadcaster, and a music insider who has been in the business for many, many years. A man who grew up in the music. So we are honored to have him on the program. Stan, how are you doing, man? I'm good, you know, Dennis. Dennis. And it's a, it's a pleasure being on this this. Uh, echoes in the bone with you because yeah. I know we're going to have a, a, a very lively and interesting discussion. Yeah, man. So, Stan, we're going to be talking about music, but before we talk about music and entertainment, tell us about you. What, 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 what is your background? I, I, I grew up in music um, in a, in a uh, single Jamaica with Fabulous Five when they was booking Broncos. And I was the youngest member of Single Kingston with Frankie and, and Allah, who is kind of like from Chalice, who's my older brother, who introduced me to music. And for a long time, I, I, my parents are collectors. Both my parents are collectors. So I had that. And my father was very close friends with, with, with Dan Drummond and Mr. Dad. And uh, actually, Winston Francis Cabraman was one of his apprentices. So was Joe Higgs, you know, so in, in printing. And I get into the music that way. But formally, in the late 70s, early, when I came to New York, in 76, I started going to a lot of concerts and paying attention to the music. I was hanging out with, with at that time, Allah was playing with a, a, a group called New Breed, Reckless Breed, and there was one yak and a bunch of other folks. So you get into the music, but then I went to college and started doing journalism and political science. And that's where I got into it. I started to write with a magazine called Reggae Times with Charlie. And if, are, if the magazine had 15 stories, 10 of them was mine. You know, that kind of thing. And of course, I got it got to a point where I ran into Yasmin Peru in New York in 91. And she said to me, I needed somebody to do some um, coverage from New York and what was happening in, in New York reggae-wise. And it was, it, I noticed I wasn't seeing anything. Also, the other part, the side of that, what I was doing was I started covering Reggae Japan Splash from 85 because I got all the videos and I'd get the ports. And musicians like Tony Green and, and Chico and those guys would call me on the road and tell me who was doing what. So I started looking at reggae in a broad scope, not just from Jamaica. And I also became the first person in the United States to start a reggae report on radio on the Get Smart show with Philip Smart on 89.1. I started in, in 94 and we got, got done in 2002. I also did, I think, a reggae roundtable uh, where I did, dealt with issues in the music. And WBAI. So that's that's kind of where it is. I'm currently the um, senior music editor at Jamaicans.com. I'm also the host of, and producer of um, the Chronicles and Soundchat Radio, which is a kind of unique platform. But I've done a deep dive into the history of the music. I've followed it uh, and studied it, you know, inside out. So that's me. All right. So what, 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 what is the state of the music? 
from your perspective as a person who is based in New York, uh, we see that for the first time in, in, a, in a long time, the reports coming out of the record industry is that the music is growing and sales are up and and you know things are looking good for the first time in a long time I, I tend to attend to in some respects I agree with that because I think you have a new crop of people coming out and of course the stalwarts the, the shaggies the the, the the Damian gangs the Sean Pauls are who always as always holding their own but I'm seeing some of the younger the younger ones the skilly bangs and so forth those kind of artists, for some reason, are getting some shine. And, you know, I'll tell you an artist that's really big in New York and people don't know. Cranium. Cranium gets a lot of um, mainstream play. You know, I know African-Americans who told me of tunes that Cranium did that I didn't know. And they heard it. So I think what is happening is that the journalism side isn't necessarily catching up with what is actually happening. And if you don't do a deep dive and, and do your research, you miss it because, as you'll rightly said, things are happening. But if you follow the commentary in in the in the, in the ethnic echo chamber, yeah. you never believe that. You but definitely I, would believe. I was I was really actually talking about the state of the music in general, talking about the international thing. Because what is what, what while the music is growing in other genres, uh, do you think it's growing in in our music? whatever that music is, because I am tired of us calling it dancehall because we produce more than dancehall and, and, and at time, it's time we stop using that label to talk about our entire music system or a, 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 a music industry, if you, for want of a better word. What it is is a catch-all phrase because people have not come to the realization that music evolves and different, different um, uh, uh, patterns and sounds come. And different genres come. And I think what has happened, and again, I say that I, I, I laid squirrel at the feet of the people in my profession, in our profession, actually, Dennis, is that we don't sit down and do the, the, the necessary work. What we hear, somebody label something, something, and we just kind of just run with it. And nobody sits down and says, okay, what is trap? What is, what's that I want to call um, cap, whatever it is? But Chopping. dance, capping. Yeah. The, the, the truth of the matter is simply this. Dancehall as we know it, what was being played today is not dancehall. And you have argued, and I've read some of the pieces where you've argued that we need to start um, calling it something else. And it doesn't take much for us to call it what it is because these, these, every generation comes with its own sound and its own unique thing. And yeah. of course, you know, you have the usual push-pull where the older generation think it's not good like Freedom One and you know, that kind of thing. But but in all fairness, the youngsters them explore. I look at I look at the, the, the across the spectrum and I'm and when I go on YouTube sometimes because I have a bridge named Roddy Manning who was in home team. And Roddy do nothing but follow follow um concerts around the world. I wrote a boy stand the cities and when I go inside and I see where it's happening and I see other places and other people coming to it. You realize that the music is growing. What I would like to say is, I'm hoping that New York and in Jamaica that they're paying the kind of attention and giving it the necessary support that it needs. Because you've talked about the ecosystem, and I don't know that I'm hearing, and maybe you can update me more on that. 
what, 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 what's going on with that? Is, is, is it getting the kind of support that it needs to grow? Or is it just growing on its own? It's, it's, there's no music system in, in Jamaica, and that's the tragedy of the situation because we, we have been, we've been advocating for the development of an ecosystem, a music system that is integrated, mm-hmm. that is well-planned, and that, you know, have the, 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 the linkages that other music industry and music systems have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not seeing the kind of, you know, organization and consciousness of, about getting what what is causing that Dennis because that has been something that has perplexed me and I'm on the side of the Atlantic what what is the, what, what you tell me what you think because remember I, I think I think a large part of it is that it's something that I've said for years I think first of all the, a lot of the, the powers that be that can make the difference see see what's happening as a cash cross a tourism thing that they can whenever there are events and things around them can use it and, and fill hotels and make money. My argument has always been, you need to look at it as a national resource, like an industry like tourism, where you invest in it. And I'm not talking just about money. I'm talking about R&D development. See yeah. it as an industry that you say, okay, this is a... This is, and you know how weird, Dennis? The world, Sibran, Jamaica, through the music. Yes, sports and yes, the Miss World and the other things, but through the music, mostly. Or to, to quote a, a, a favorite little rapper of mine, Akala, he said, Jamaican music has colonized the entire world. The only thing we never use is a military armor. We use cultural music. But I think some attitudes in Jamaica towards the music and where it springs from, I think for me is one of the, the, the biggest... I think it's a colonial mentality. We're still not compatible with with our with ourselves. We still are in a system, educational system, a business system that is colonial and looked down upon our 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 music and the they look down on the heritage and the culture of the majority of the people in the country. And then we kind of get it confused sometimes because I think the diaspora is is a, a part of the, 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 the conundrum because mm. you have people like yourself, not you per se, but people who are living in the in the in the the north, the, the global north, whether it be Canada, the United States, or the UK and other places. And they get a sense of superiority because they're among. The, the, the colonizers and they, mm. they make comparisons about their standard of living, their reality, albeit in a racist context, and, and, and they have their own issues, but they they fail to remember that the, the state of affairs in the Caribbean is not of our own uh you know make it making and it's because of the constant oppression and and devaluing of, of blackness and black culture and, and the, the, the stealing of our resources and the perpetuating of poverty by these colonizers, by these forces that through things like the IMF and the World Bank, that is why we are in the position that we are in. And we don't, and a lot of people don't understand that that is in the diaspora. So sometimes they have the, the, the kind of wrong attitude towards 
solutions to, to Jamaica. And this is not to say, you know, that without the, the, the diaspora, we I don't know what would happen to, 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 to the ordinary Jamaican, you know, because the diaspora is a critical part of the survival of people in Jamaica. But the thing is, we're not coming together as one because we're still suffering from the colonial, you know, oppression. And the, the struggle. Let me say this. Let me say this, Dennis, from the diaspora's perspective. My sense is, in part, it, it's split in two. You have people who just take anything coming out of Jamaica and then run with it. And they don't necessarily take the best sometimes. Uh, you know, and I take the, the piece I just did on radio as an example of it. But there's a, you are absolutely correct about the superiority complex who think that they live in North America or, or Europe and Canada and America. And because they, they, they come back and they see Jamaicans pretty much with the same mindset that the, the colonial masters did are the ruling classes who inherited the behaviors and, and, and attitudes of, of the colonial masters as some little people don't they? Because they don't want to know nothing and would come for kind of lift them up or, 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 or give them some qualified sense of, of what is right and they, they need to pass these stages and all that. Not realizing that I think a big part of it is the point you make, not respecting and appreciating the culture, which is really, to me, an irony. Because when I talk to people outside of that and the respect, appreciation that they have for the culture, I have people can't find words to explain it. People say to me, I'm, gonna tell you, I'm telling you the truth. I don't know what it is about your culture. <laughs> and they can't explain it. Yeah. They're drawn to it and they respect yeah. it. And then instead of us, and I think a lot of us don't understand our culture. I think a big part of it, what, and you can call it indoctrination or whatever it was, but me and Mikey Bennett had a, a conversation with Dennis. And Mikey said to me, Stan, may find myself day by day, I deprogram myself from a whole heap of notions that we grew up with. Yeah. And that is something that every Jamaican and Caribbean national has to do. Yeah. Because a lot of things that we thought were okay, was not. Yeah. It, re- it reflected a particular reality from another perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and people don't understand the phrase where Bob Marley used another song. We refuse to be what you wanted us to be. We are what we are. And that is the way it's going to go. Here's the key line. You cannot educate I for your equal opportunity. In other words, having a sense of ourselves. I think that is, a, that, that is missing yeah. in a lot of ways. In a, and people... You have to get into your head, you know, and you have to start yeah. deprogramming yourself. Yeah. It. And I think that is missing from a lot of us. I have conversations here with people, and they're wondering how my head is where it is. I said, because when I came here, and that somebody did a documentary on me for cable television, and one of the things I said to them is, when I came here, I'm going to appreciate the culture that I come to and learn about it. But you damn sure going to have to do the same for mine. And what is that? Yeah. It is not, it's not, and this is not to take away from, from, from the tourism, Yellowbird, and kind of thing that they did for tourism purposes. I, I get that. But there was a deeper culture of a people, of an Africanness that we had, that we have not come to terms with. And we don't know how to use Cabral's argument, the reuse of the past, to make our present going into our future. We, we have not gotten to that yet. And in Jamaica, I, I, I question why 
I came here and had to learn Marcus Garvey in college. And reggae courses are taught in college. The system is set up in a colonial way. It is not about us being Jamaicans. Anybody who believes that our independence is, is, is a real independence don't understand the way the world is structured. We have a, constitu- we have a constitution that is outdated and a constitution that is against the people. It was never set up in favor of the ordinary persons to be prosperous, to be economically viable. Or, or Dennis, look, Dennis look, at, look, at our police, look at our police force. Mm. It was a domestic force designed to protect property and, and, and privilege. Absolutely. When you look at, the, for example, Jamaica laws, where is most of the criminality in the early, after independence and, and that time? Yeah. Because they knew that they were, did not create an economy where people are going to have sustaining jobs that they could live. So people were going to thief. And that is part of the structure, that the superstructure that people don't understand, that regime that is designed to control and continue. That's what prison is about and reform school and all of that. You mentioned Mali. And another person that we have to mention, and you mentioned him too, is Marcus Garvey. We essentially have written the textbooks. We have essentially written the philosophy that can be the solution to our problems. So Mali, if you listen to Mali music and really understand Mali music and interpret Mali music and analyze my, 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 my Mali music, you are going to be a different person who understand the world and understand your position in the world. The philosophies of Marcus Garvey is the same thing. But the, the forces, the colonial forces that exist in Jamaica and the colonial forces that still exist in America and all of these places because people, the Western Hemisphere. Because, because people don't 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 remember are because of the 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 the, the, the propaganda machinery that is uh, America. America is a colonizer. They still have colonies. England is still a colonizer. They still have colonies in the Caribbean. The Netherlands is a colonizer. They still have colonies in the Caribbean. But we don't want to call them colonizers. If you call, if you, if, if you have a tune, you block my story. And in, in a line in it, it said, his story. Every history is told from the standpoint of the person who has been the victor. We have not, at this point yet, fully embraced the position that we are and how we came to be where we are. So then, because once we take that into consideration and start to put it in perspective, then we begin to see the colonizers or the neocolonial mindset in its proper perspective. Sisla said, and, and I'm, going go, I'm going to keep pulling words out of song, she does use it. Sisla said, how come white man saved me from white man oppression? Understand what I'm saying. He's not saying he's hating white women. He's saying that there is no precedent in history where anybody will press anybody, ever liberate them, and then make them their equal. It doesn't happen. And we need to face those hard realities. Okay? Marley said, I remember growing up, every time a, a, a person in a neighborhood or a black person, he said, everybody condemned him as if his behavior is reflective of the, the collective as opposed to. Whatever happened to the right to the right and the right to the wrong and the right to be an individual. We have to start look at life in, in a more 
broader sense, in a more comprehensive sense, and start to look at who are they and who are us. I think I think that is missing. And I, the other thing is, when I I, I reached out to to to, to my brethren, Dean Fraser, when I saw him on the thing on on on, on Jeopardy, my schoolmate and you know Dean, you know Kenan from we are on street from NBO days and Calvin. Then I look at the, the school's challenge thing, and that is, that is kind of emblematic of what the problem is. The United States of America, in one of its most popular cultural programs, Jeopardy, was able to recognize who Dean Fraser is, put it in a question to an American, and they were able to answer. And you asked Albert, then I saw a school challenge where somebody said, um, Ibu come out a fabulous five. I mean, the, that to me, and uh, you know, you, you, you encapsulate the problem because I tend to use the convenience to make the larger points. And you say to yourself, why is Dean Fraser as pop, uh, as renowned as he is across the globe? And kids in school will see him part, see, see him, and know so well. see my blue saxophone and you, but I know who he is. That can't, that cannot be right. You have to celebrate your own. So, so you know, so it, it comes back to the to the problem that we have. We don't have any system that 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 expose our kids to the culture from day one. Yes, they'll hear the music on radio and they will know the popular artists of the time. But there is no system. There is no school that in the primary and the and the and the the, 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 the prep level and high school that integrates. The music, one of our biggest resource in, in, in Jamaica, there is no system that integrates this. So you're not learning it in any uh, organized systematic fashion. So that's you're going to get that. We are kids don't know nothing. We are we are training them to be to be almost modern day slaves and drones to take up take up the, 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 the non-skilled areas of work. We have condemned our educational system, you know, have condemned more than half of our kids to failure. But Dennis, you and I are educators, because I, I used to be an adjunct lecturer at, at at least two universities here back back in the in, in the 80s and the 90s. So we understand pedagogical education. And my question is why aren't and this is more rhetorical because we both know the answer to this. Why aren't we saying to ourselves, brand Jamaica? The culture is brand Jamaica. So therefore, at the level of grade school, a kid ought to know why isn't there at the high school level courses on Bob Marley where you have you have critical um, analysis and, and discourse where it's discussed. You do it at a university level, I you know, but I'm saying you orient the mind. There needs to be within the opinion shapers and the, the, the people who are responsible for organizing the social structure of the society, a recognition that this is who we are, this is what we have created. Stop waiting on people outside to tell you how good it is, tell you it's a part of who you are. So therefore, it is necessary to be passed down. We live in a system where politicians are led by the persons who finance them. And, and they look out and, and the people who finance them want their interest to be paramount. Unfortunately, it's changing now, but a lot of the people who are in the command of the economy have no interest in our, in our culture. They are not even from that culture. Except to exploit it when it makes them money. Yeah. 
And so they're not concerned about the, the they want cheap labor and a, a, a steady supply of, of, of labor that they can exploit. And I mean exploit in, in all the senses. Give them the job, but give them give them for them for the for them labor, give them as little as they as is possible, and that the law will allow without any benefits. The neoliberal way of running a society. So when you don't have the, a, a, a body of people that understands that culture is important, and when the people who are in the industry, the musicians, the entertainers, the people in management that earn a living from this viable global music industry, do not organize themselves, and in some instances, don't have the capacity to organize and become a serious group that have interests that they can lobby and can push politicians to, 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 to bring it in, into effect. This is the problem you have because you have the tourism sector and the tourism sector will get what they want because they have an organization and organized money that will lobby for the, the, the situations that are the, in their own interests. You have the financial sector and they do that. And the sad thing is about both, most of this, you know, is that most of all of the sectors in the Caribbean and in Jamaica are foreign owned. And music is one of those areas that we could have the compet- the advantage in terms of homegrown. But for some strange reason, most of the people in the industry do not see themselves as a business sector or as, as a body of people that can wield power. And that here's, is the problem. Here, 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 I, I, and I take your point to that because when I was working at Red Cross, I... I was director of, of family programs and I had a sign in the, in the the room that said education for liberation. Mm. And I'm gonna I'm going for the, the, the macro picture to then get down to the micro. The I the general idea is that education is Bob Marley one and I go back to Bob again said some people might feel like they want to do the work and all that. And the man uh, the boss I tell them or the man I tell them what to do but we feel like they want to be the man. Education is supposed to teach you that you're supposed to be your man and you're supposed to own what own your the, 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 the way in which you trade your labor. The system we have is loosely built, but it is the, the framework of the regime and slavery. Slavery yeah. was designed to extract as much labor with as little reward. And in, in the case of slavery, it was sustenance reward to keep them alive, to keep them working. And we have borrowed that system and transposed it on to the current system that we have in Jamaica. I remember talking to somebody who, two, I'm going to give you two instances. Somebody came to Jamaica and wanted to do some coffee business and wanted to pay a decent wage to the workers because he understood that people have, you know, work, um, bills and, 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 and all the rest. As a political scientist, I always think that, that, um, your salary should be indexed to cost of living. So every time cost of living go up, your salary is supposed to match it. But when he did it, and this is the person talking to me now, he said, and I quote, the businessmen in Jamaica looked at him and told him, that they're mad. You're going to go, no, build them expectation. And here's two parts, two parts to them objection. One was, 
them didn't them, them feel you're going to make them feel like them is somebody. That's one, and that's that 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 is the petty um, part of it. Uh, and I, but the second part was they shouldn't have. They must keep them at a level of subsistence. And I remember when Bustamante said, "Them don't want education, no more selfish in their belly." And I use I use those kinds of quotes to talk about a mindset and a paradigm. That is what it's going about. In the music industry, here's the problem, I think. A lot of them move from being cultural people who understand that culture is the essence of you. A people without culture don't exist. Okay? That is, if you want to know what a civilization was, look at the culture. And, you, and, you don't, and if you have any, any, any critical ability, you'll see it. What is missing is that a lot of them don't see themselves as cultural ambassadors. First of all, they don't orient themselves within their culture. They're more what, what I call, like some of the rasta, what I call music rasta, they come to the music and they become celebrities and, and start chasing certain things. They're a victim of the, the neoliberal celebrity culture. So they see themselves as getting successful, whichever way they can, in the music industry or the entertainment industry. And then their idea of success is to buy things, material things, and flaunt these material things, the cars, the girls, you know, and and don't see themselves as entrepreneurs, as wealth creators. They see themselves as consumers, so they're going to buy the the latest car, and they're going to flaunt wealth, and real wealthy people don't do that. Yeah, but here's the key. There's a difference between being rich, which me, which is making a whole lot of money, and being yeah. wealthy. I, I pointed out, uh, I think Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal said it best. He said when he spoke to, I don't remember who it was, the person said to him, you are rich. Shaq said, I'm rich. And the person said, yeah, but you're not wealthy. And he said, what do you mean? And he took up a $100 bill. And then he teared it in half. And he said, the 50%, 50 um, dollar out of it is for investment. And then him look at the other 50 and then split it in half and say, we put 25, 25 more in investment. And then I will spend and splurge and do whatever I need to do with 25%. Him say, that 75% is what makes me wealthy. And then you get to Master P, our, our 50 cent who said, my wealth isn't the money I make. It's the money, the passive money that I have that keeps making money for me. So I am developing generational wealth. We need to start looking at that. Things aren't wealth. Things are riches. Things are accumulation. Yeah. And artists need to start to preach that. As Bob Marley said, you, you can't carry the What do you usually be today or you're dead tomorrow? Yeah. What have you left? What, what legacy have you left? Yeah. You understand? That is what is missing in this. And I don't yeah. think those kinds of discussions are happening amongst the artists then. All right, Stan. Great, great. This was great. So we're going to do a part two. So thanks for being a part of Echoes in the Bones. This is where we discuss ideas. This is where we talk about the culture, technology, and entrepreneurship. Because we think those three areas are important to our development. And we have to encourage entrepreneurship and we have to encourage technology and we have to encourage the development of our culture. We have one of the greatest culture in the world and the world recognizes this. So until we meet in, in, in the next episode, thanks right. for being a part of, of Echoes in the Bone. 
I will see you. I will see you next time. And it's always an honor, Dennis. You know, when we get together, it's always an honor. So you think, it's a, I'm glad you invited me. It's an honor to be here with you, my brother. All right. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please subscribe to the show and give us a five-star review and even drop us a comment if something really stood out to you.